I'm lying still in Thomas Case's arms. Outside, the sky is gray and mirthless. The wind sings a chilling song as it hurls large drops of rain onto the street below. The rain is heavy and strong. It pounds and claws at our window, demanding to be let in. It's only two in the afternoon, but given the shady out-of-the-way motel we're in, I'm certain we're not the only ones in bed. But we are probably the only fully clothed ones. Well, mostly clothed. We've both unbuttoned our shirts, or rather, we had unbuttoned each other's. Amina, it has been raining for six days, Thomas says in an accusing tone. He's right. The weather is my fault. Angels can't make it rain, but once it starts, our misery can keep it going. He knows I'm the angel who's responsible because anytime I focus on something other than my ex, the rain stops. You're going to flood New York City, he complains. One less place to save. What an unangel-like thing to say. I roll my eyes and look out the window. The gray sky seems to go on forever. What angers you more? That Marcus didn't fight for you? Or that he chose her? He asks. I don't want to talk about it. I've said that to you before. I hate repetition, so don't make me say it again. Whatever. We don't need to talk. He says, pulling me closer to him. He kisses me aggressively. I kiss him back with overwhelming need. We are locked in a full embrace when he suddenly pushes me off of him and sits up. Damn, you can't stop thinking about him long enough to kiss me? He barks. I sit up beside him. I wasn't thinking about him. I lie. Why was it raining harder just now? I'm not the only angel with worries. Yeah, whatever. He says, irritated as he lies back down. I lay back down as well. This time we aren't touching. A few moments pass by. There is no sound other than the relentless rain I'm bringing down on the city. He did fight for me. That's how I knew it was over. He never had to fight to make himself want me before. But then... Then he met Emmy. Thomas concludes. He tried to hide how he felt about her. I say with disgust. I guess he didn't try hard enough. All of his efforts were pointless. I knew he had stopped loving me even before he did. I recognized the look in his face. It was the same look my mother gave me. When? Right before she killed me. As I tell him my core, the story of how an angel spent their last few minutes on Earth before they die, Thomas seems to melt away, as does the motel room and even the storm outside. The only thing I see in my mind's eye is the life I had before I had wings, back when I was human. Back when there was only one person's love I wanted. My mother's. I know everyone says that their beauty is a hindrance, but for me it was more than that. Beauty was the reason my family fell apart. It's the reason I was never happy. And eventually, the reason I was killed. My mother was born in the back alley of an all-night laundromat in Savannah, Georgia. The girl who gave birth to her didn't stick around longer than the time it took to gather her things and crawl into the night. A customer heard my mother crying and came to her rescue. 
The doctors later said that my mother nearly froze to death. She spent a few weeks in ICU. They named my mother Trisha, after one of the nurses who cared for her. Trisha spent her life thinking that, had she been prettier, she would have never been abandoned. Many people had tried to tell her that she was, in fact, very beautiful, but she just couldn't or wouldn't see it. In her mind, the only reason to abandon a child was if that child had somehow disappointed you. And how can a baby disappoint anyone? The only way is if the mother had taken one look at the baby and decided she wasn't pretty enough to be part of the family.